Hello, and welcome once again to the Blue Ball Skeptics Podcast. This is episode number 10. Today on the show, we are going to explore the intersection of atheism and conservatism and skepticism, because... Well, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about what happens when American Atheist shows up to a conservative political action group, CPAC, and uh, there have been those who have said it's a perfectly acceptable way to spread our message, and there have been those who have said it's like cavorting about with Satan himself, but in a bad way. So we found ourselves an actual atheist conservative to talk to. What shall we call you tonight? Jim. That's my name. Okay. Well, Jim is where. Yeah, but nobody can find you on Twitter or. Oh yeah, J E H seven zero four. My <laughs> common name is Out West because I am Out West. You are. Yeah, and uh, okay. but and my <laughs> blog, which I haven't blogged in a couple of months, uh, Conservative Skeptic, which oh, is yeah, on that's right. which is on the you know uh, Skepticism Network. Skepticism, spelled just like it sounds. Yes. Mm-hmm. You are the conservative skeptic, so I would like to ask you a little bit about how that works, being a conservative in the skeptic community or the atheist community. Um, No different than anybody else. I mean... uh, Yeah, right. Well, I mean, come on. Why is it... Here's here's a question that's mainly rhetorical, because I know what the answer is. Uh, Why do liberals believe that atheism belongs to them? You know, I was just looking up, for instance, before we got on the first time or tried to get on, because uh, remember we were having this discussion about CPAC the other day on Twitter. And, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, yes. and why did American atheists go there? Well, you know, I went why to their the page. They go there. I went to their page, right? And they don't really, because what I was really looking for, and I haven't found it yet, uh, because I'm terrible at searching on the internet, I'll be honest. Um, is I was looking for, I remember hearing uh, Silverman say um, they had posted some interview with him, a 30-minute interview with like their PR guy while they were at CPAC. And he had mentioned, and this is during CPAC, having five pages of new members. And so I was wondering, what does that mean? Does that mean mm-hmm. 100 new members? Yeah. 50 new members? Typically about 25 per page. That's what I was thinking too, probably 25 per page. So, And I think that that was not the end of CPAC when that interview went on. I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you can correct me there if I am wrong. But out of 3,000 people there, okay, that's really not bad you no, know, uh-uh. if you think about it. And so, okay, so I was looking for that information, and they haven't posted really anything about it. Um, in their news or anything. But here, here's why they attended CPAC, right? They give three um, answers, and this will answer your question to me, right? Social conservatism is not small government conservatism. I'm a small government conservative, okay? I don't believe government has a right to intrude in people's lives. That includes my stand on abortion, uh, gay marriage, uh, the death penalty. And in fact, I'm probably in a minority of even, even atheist conservatives that I, I do not believe in the death penalty. I think that's yeah. wrong. The state should not ever have the right to take your life. Um, and so, you know, and, and what's, what's happened over time is that conservatism has been taken over by these lunatic 
religious people, Christians mostly, I'd say probably 99%. I don't know that for a fact. Do you know who predicted that? Who? Publicly, at least. Oh, oh, Barry Goldwater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Barry Goldwater <laughs> predicted it that, that, that when the uh, Christian right started, that would be the end of the Republican Party. Yep. And, it, and it mostly has been. So they, he said some pretty acerbic and pointed things about those Christians trying to take over oh, those yeah. Shiite well, Baptists. Well, I don't know. You guys are pretty young, so probably don't really remember the rise of uh, Jerry Falwell's, uh, what was the movement in Brown in 1980 at the end of the Carter administration when Reagan got elected? Um, I think the phrase you group. might be looking for is moral majority. Thank you. That's what it was. Oh, I got you. Yeah. And thank you. That's exactly what it was. You know, they came in and they basically bought Reagan's election. They know how to raise money, it, it turns out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, They've and, been doing it every week. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's and, you know, and, and since then, it's been nothing really. But there's been a couple of bright spots for conservatives, but very few. Um and I would even say the same on the other side, where what what traditional liberals and Chaz, I don't know you that well, but I've spoken more and tweeted more, I guess, with Damien. I would yeah. call Damien a tra- what I call anyway a traditional liberal, uh, not so liberal, far right? to the left that you know you can't have a discussion on any issue with them. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. One who's not beholden to ideology. Bingo. And so what we have now in my, where what I believe is we have this small number on the right. I've read different numbers, percentages, 10%. I've heard as much as 20%. What? But I don't believe it's that high. There oh. are these religious conservatives, right? But, yeah. they, but, but again, wait, those are the voters, right? Those people are easily manipulated into getting out and voting because of some perceived issue. Abortion, gay marriage, Obamacare, um, you know, on and on and on and on, right? And the same thing is on the left, on the far left, the so-called progressive movement. And that's really kind of torn the country apart. I think most people are more in the middle. I may be a little bit more to the right than you. And you may be, you know... Uh, I hope so. Well, I am. Or I'll have to change my blog name or something. <laughs> you know, I, and, and and you may be a little bit... You may not be a center person. You may be center left. And I I don't know. I may more consider myself more center right, I guess. But we're able to talk to one another. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And we're able to have a dialogue and even disagree without coming away hating one another on on whatever issue that it is or topic that we want to discuss. Do you feel vilified as a um, person who identifies as conservative, possibly even Republican? Sometimes I do, but uh, th- these are those are just mainly numbskulls, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, like who cares, right? Yeah, I don't really care. Because most of the people that I, that, you know, I, I, I've been on Twitter now for coming up on four years, three and a half years. And I would say probably 80% of the people that I follow um, are liberal, 
and even progressive. And I see some really awful stuff come out of some people about Republicans in general or conservatives um, that if I were to say the same thing uh, about their quote unquote side, I I think that they would be reporting me to Twitter for abuse. (laughs) I mean, seriously, have you seen some of that stuff that comes out? Uh, Oh yeah. It's it's really hateful and it's really not true Um, because even here, like, like looking at this page that I was talking about a minute ago, um, the number two thing on their list here is conservative does not mean Christian. This is American Atheist page. Mm-hmm. And, and they define here what they're talking about. According to Pew Forum, nine, and I'm quoting again, 19% of self-identifying conservatives are unaffiliated with any religion and 14% of atheists self-identify as conservative. It's but, still a paltry number. 14%. It is. It's, it is a small number. But that sounds right. I took a I took an informal poll of our local group, and they were overwhelmingly progressive. Even in Oklahoma, and and it, this, the axis was basically the centrist, pro, like you know, somewhat progressive, very progressive, and it was just basically like a like a curve. You could see it just going down from very progressive, just yeah, like a like a ski run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, right. down down to conservative, and there were just very few people who were willing to self-identify as cons- as conservative. Now it was a public poll, so maybe they were just fearful of of what they would get if they came out and said it. And I think that that is a uh, well, I think it's a, a fear that they're still atheists. Period. Have um, coming out and saying I'm an atheist. Oh, that's really common. But I'm talking about a safe space, which a secret group for only atheists. And yeah. I, I polled them, and um, it was overwhelmingly progressive. Very few people willing to self, very handful of people willing to self-identify as conservative. Be- because of the vilification due to, I, I, this is what I believe, the vilification of conservatives due to social conservatism. Yeah. Right? That, that I, if you call yourself wonder... a conservative, you automatically are lumped into the same category as the nuts out there. And it's the same thing on the, on the left is that, you know, if you describe yourself as a liberal, a lot of people will not a lot. There are, there are people that will place you in that nut job category. That's on the far left. I also wondered that in Oklahoma, uh, calling yourself a conservative or Republican is pretty radical. You know, if you were to say, I voted for Christie in New Jersey, so I'm a Republican or conservative. Right, yeah. You're like a, so, a somewhat right-of-center Republican. Right. There. That's a whole lot different from being Oklahoma and saying, I voted for Inhofe or I voted for uh, that, that um, yeah, we breed crazier, leprechaun. We breed crazier Republicans around Yes, here. we do. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you identify as a conservative around here, it, it's going to sound like you're identifying with the worst aspects. I mean, we have straight up anti-gay planks in our platform. Right, exactly. Our GOP in the, in, ours, the, in the state in, in the Oklahoma Republican platform, they have anti-gay planks. Yeah, and and you know that's too bad because, but again, this is the rise of the Christian right and their takeover, and people won't stand up. True conservatives, as I call them, you know, I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not playing on the no true Scotsman thing. But real conservatives, let me put it that way, real conservatives won't stand up and say, enough is enough. Get your Bible out of my school. Get your Bible or your Quran or your Talmud or your Torah or your whatever 
out of my school, out of my government spaces. It doesn't belong there. And, I kind of wonder if the Tea Party might bend that way. Well, the Tea Party originally... The tea, they don't even want public schools. No, yeah, no, no, wait, exactly. wait. But the Tea Party originally, originally had nothing to do again with Christian conservatism. But guess what? It took it over. It took it over in a very short time, within months. Well, that's part of the grassroots It's amazing how a small but enthusiastic group of people can take over a larger movement. (laughs) It is. It's never seen that with an atheism, have we? No, it's it's a, it's a, it's, what does it say about us? Really? No, we allow entryists and (laughs) the the people that yell and, and scream at us to take over, shame us. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and again, it happens on the extremes of both sides, I think. And it leaves everybody else sitting around scratching their head. It's like me. I, I'm not a Republican. I am not a right. registered Republican. I'm not. A, I'm an independent. I vote for the person, not the party. Are you registered with the party, Chaz? No, I'm independent because they, they got rid of the Libertarian Party. And I no, haven't none bothered. of us are registered with the party. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. all independent. <laughs> yeah, I'm not registered. I vote for the person. Um I voted, for instance, in what was the first time she ran? I guess it was in '08 um, out here. Gabrielle Giffords, remember her? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she was my representative. I'd I vote for her again. And, and again. she was the only thing I kind of had. Against, I had one little thing against her that happened in 2010, but it was minor. Uh, but I voted for her twice. And if she's you had a just Democrat. one minor quibble with the politician, then I envy you. Well, I mean... That's great it, to have it, someone who's represent you like that. Well, I mean, she wanted to represent, because where I live specifically, is probably a little bit more conservative than Tucson, which is just up the road. So, did you see how uh, how Silverman got kind of vilified for showing up to CPAC this year? Oh, certainly. Yeah. And, and why? Again, why not reach out? You know, the conservative party, they're not, you know, overall conservatives... And I think even Silverman mentioned this, um, like at CPAC. It's not all 60 to 80-year-olds, okay? That's good. There's a lot of young people, young conservatives. And I think I, I even re- remember him saying something like that in that little that like 29 or 30-minute interview thing, how many young people were there. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? Who Who do you want to... Bring to your side of of the uh, table, or at least bring to the table. How about that? And talk. It's going to be young people. The criticisms that I've seen is one of them is that there there's so many terrible ideas at CPAC uh, that just giving it legitimacy is you know setting humanity backward. Because if you can think of like all the worst things the GOP does to people, like like those laws that say you can you can discriminate against uh, gays and lesbians in your business. We had one of those laws here. We didn't pass it. Indiana passed theirs. There's um, 19 other states that have the same law. A, a RFRA-style law? Yes. Yeah. RFRA. There's 19 other states. RFRA. And then plus, the federal government was the first one to have it. And it was passed bipartisanly in the House and the, and the Senate. And Bill Clinton signed it. It was, and at, and at the time, it was thought to be a, a harmless attempt to protect religious freedom. It really was thought to be that, and it was bipartisan. At, uh, at, wasn't it? Um, wasn't it like peyote smoking Indians or something at the core of that? Yeah, case? yes, it was. It was. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm all I'm all for peyote smoking Native Americans. They're like some of my favorite people. American Christians. <laughs> it's a it's a great time. Uh, but uh, I think since then we've seen that law put to relatively nefarious uses. Yeah, of course. Yes, we have, and that's a shame. And that's why I believe that that law at the federal level should be reversed. But then you had to. You still want to provide those protections for? It's in the, it's in the Constitution. It's in the First Amendment. Yeah. Congress shall make no law. I know. I mean, yeah, I I mean, I mean religion has all the protection it needs in the First Amendment. Right? Yeah, you can worship you, as you, you please. You still can't. You still can't break the law. Uh, you know, like particular laws. Whenever you are uh, celebrating your your religion or yeah. or or leading a um, a speech, you know, you can't break the law when you do that. You can speak, but you can't do other things that would break the law. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of questions as to when we should allow special religious exemptions. For example, it's generally illegal to put a, an infant's penis in your mouth. Uh, but right. but we give this, we say, well, you know, if it's a moil doing it, and it's, it's oral suction for religious purposes, and they just tortured the baby by cutting off its foreskin first, then it's okay. Then it's okay. In that one instance. But, yeah. you know, but generally, yeah, don't, we Don't frown kiss upon the baby's that. penis until you've cut it. You yeah. can't kiss it otherwise. Yeah, other than that, <laughs> if, you're just a pervert if you do it first. God. Yeah, I, those, are, those are harder um, issues, I think, to deal with because they are ancient, at least for those people. Um, not for us, not for you and me, but for, for but for those people, and it's and it's. No, it's very difficult. I understand what you mean. It, it's, no, but it's, yeah, it's, but... It's, it's very difficult. What, but you know, you can take away, you know, uh, the right to discriminate based on, you know, just like they have. I mean, all these people have lost, as far as I know, like these bakeries that have refused to, you know. Uh, there's one recently, um, a month or two ago, uh, refused to make a cake for a gay wedding. Now, they're perfectly willing for gay people to walk in and buy cakes and buy pies and cookies and muffins and whatever else until they're asked to make a wedding cake for, for a gay marriage ceremony. You know, mm. uh, A gay marriage yeah. ceremony where both of the names look like they're both men or both women. Yes. Because if you're lucky enough to have a name like Chris or Pat, you might just get by. <laughs> yeah. But but you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's discrimination. And uh, you can't do that. I mean, we went through this whole part of history after the Civil War, the Jim Crow and everything else, up until you know the Civil Rights Act, basically. And what was that, 64 or 65? Um, and... That was supposed to end it. You know, of course, what they didn't take into account in the mid-60s was that there were non-heterosexuals, even though there always have been. Well, see, but, I'm, but well, I'm, why should they have to mention anything like that? Well, the Civil Rights Act generally delimits which particular categories it's protecting. And, and a lot of small government conservatives were not thrilled about the Civil Rights Act when it went through. That's what I was going to say. Oh, oh, I'm oh, glad absolutely, that you... oh, absolutely. That's untrue. That is absolutely untrue. Really? Yes. You don't think I can find specific examples of? Um, well, I don't have it have it pulled up right now. But the but the basic history of that is that would not have passed without Republican votes. Of course not. It was no. I mean, it was Democrats that were fighting against it. 
Well, well yeah, that was before but, the parties flipped. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it was Republican votes that put that over and allowed that to be signed into law. And these were, again, these were Goldwater-type Republicans. But wasn't that right when, right during the transition period when no. uh, Southern voters started flipping over to the they, GOP? They started flipping after that. After, That's what I'm getting after at. After that, yeah. And it was probably in the 70s when it became... Um, I guess noticeable, and like I said earlier, it really became noticeable around 1980. You know? What I would say right now is that I, I'm I'm glad that you interpret uh, the Civil Rights Act the way you do. But people like Rand Paul have said things like, "If I were voting at that time, you know, if I if I was in that Congress, I would have changed something." That's what, that's what he said. Well, he would have left in the parts that constrain the government and taken out the parts that constrain private businesses. Exactly. And that is sometimes seen as a conservative. Like I, I can actually understand that as a conservative viewpoint. Which I, I guess it depends on, on what I mean. You you say what you mean by conservative is, is basically limiting the the scope of government power, smaller government, right? Exactly. That, so that, but little, part of that is allowing uh, personal businesses, you know, private businesses, to do as they please, which might yeah. be discrimination, or to allow like fraternities to discriminate against black right, people. Right. Yeah, as we've recently seen with that awful. Uh, incident. I uh, haven't been following that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, that's well, my alma mater. But, but I, but I think that there's, you know, we we have. I'm not saying we don't have to have. I'm not an anarchist. Okay, we have to have some protections for people. Okay, period. End of story. Because human beings are just that. Um, there's no people are complex and. You know, depending on the way they're raised, uh, where they're raised, and, and uh, you know, they, they have prejudices, and we all do, mm-hmm. you know, at some level. Let me, uh, let me run some, some arguments uh, by you just about the CPAC thing. I just, okay. I, I'd, I'd like to hear your take on it. Uh, this, this is a quote. We bloody well don't need more atheist Republicans until the GOP stops pissing on separation of church and state daily <laughs> to the applause of fundamentalists that are ruining our country. I think that what's, again, what hurts the brand, the Republican brand, is just that, that they don't respect the Constitution. It's like, every, it's like anything else. You, you cherry pick what you like and then throw away what you don't like. Um, and until the Republicans come around and say, look, no more of this creationist BS in schools. No more of this, you know. We're not going to pander uh, to Christians or Jews or, or Muslims. or And I don't think they pander to any of those others yeah. other than Christians, oh. honestly. Uh, then, then, you know, they're, they're never going to, to have a real majority. But how do you think that's going to change? It's it's not going to change in my lifetime and probably not yours. But how? Well, it's just t- it takes time, and that's why I was talking about earlier the younger people that are attending CPAC in droves, right? And that's where I think American atheists is is doing the a good thing, and they're going out there. And I'm I don't know that they've done this. You know, I I would have liked to have been there to a fly on the wall in the at the conference to see who they were out there talking to and who was approaching their booth. I wonder how, what the difference, how many 50, 60 year olds 
vice 20, 30-year-olds. Make sense? I suspect the latter were were more than the former. I don't know that. I don't know that. But it could be the opposite. I don't know. I I don't know either. But it is kind of weird because uh, if you look at the Republican slate of uh, presidential candidates, they're a hell of a lot younger than the, the Democratic slate. There's a Democratic slate. Yeah, there's one. Yeah, it's with one one person. It's like one. Look, we're gonna have a, a Clinton Bush rematch. Is what we're gonna have. I hope it's gonna so. be Clinton Bush. It's gonna be just 1992 all over again. I, I hope not. God damn dynasty. I hope. Yeah, not. I hope. I hope not too. But I know when to when not to bother hoping. Yeah, I I I none of the candidates that I see uh, so far on the Republican side, with maybe the possible, and I don't know that much much about him. I don't know that much about him. Um, Who? Scott Walker. Possible. Yeah. I mean, but but he's he's a I think very much a long shot. Um, I I don't like any of them. I didn't like any of them uh, in the last election. I but they are like, very young. Uh, well, they're younger, but still, um, they pander. They're pandering again, mostly to. You know, look where look where Ted Cruz made his announcement. Liberty freaking University. <laughs> Jerry Falwell U. That's right. Jesus camp. Basically Jesus camp. <laughs> That's it. You know, oh come on. You know? So guess what? <laughs> uh, uh got you don't have my vote just because of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not speaking for Americans United, but that was illegal. Yeah, you you don't go to a 501c3 and announce your candidacy at a religious school. There's well, are they are they a 50? Are they actually a 501c3? They're they're a 501c3. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't know that. And AU has actually blogged about this and how they should. American Union has a has a post about a post up about how it's it's very questionable for a 501c3 to be doing this sort of politicking. But you know what? It happens all the time in churches. Right. Yeah, but not so publicly, not on national stage. Oh well, yeah, it does. Yes, it does. You know, every every presidential campaign since I can, well, maybe not since I can remember, but probably since 1980, there's been candidates going to Baptists and whatever, and going up there. They may not be out there talking about Jesus and vote for me, but they're still standing in the pulpit giving a political speech no. to. No, a I understand that, but they're not opening up their campaign. Yeah, I mean, I could actually, I know this is going to be a fine distinction, but there is a distinction between visiting a place and telling them, you know, who you are and what you believe and uh, basically having a campaign rally there. Yeah. And and that's what they end up turning out to be, right? Because they wouldn't get invited there unless the uh, pastor and the board, if they have a board, uh, had not invited them. I mean, these people just don't invite themselves to the First Baptist Church of Oklahoma City, right? They get invited there. Why? Because something in in their in what they believe and things that they have said are attractive to that, you know, uh, pastorate. Yeah. And and so they get invited in, and of course people are going to donate money. You don't even you don't even have to ask for money. You're, people are going to start donating money. All they have to do is walk outside, walk off the property, and hand hand over checks, and it happens. And yeah, you might say it's a fine line. I say it's a it's going over the line. 
You know, if you, again, so you, you want to have a religious rally, have it outside of a church. You know, if you're a yeah. politician and want to have a religious rally, have it outside of a church because those people should be, uh, being, uh, watched closely. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of the IRS either, but should be being watched very closely. It's like, remember when was this? Um, was this just last year? Man, I lose track of time. This is what happens when you get old. When there were some like 8,000 pastors around the country that were going to defy the IRS and tell people who to vote for in their pulpits. Yeah, yeah, the uh, Pulpit Freedom Sunday. Uh, one of the guys here in Edmond, uh, Paul Blair, was heavily, <laughs> heavily involved in leading, leading that charge. Okay. <laughs> and was that last year or was that in 12? It's every damn year now. It's every damn year. <laughs> Yeah, and see, I think that those well, people even should be years. put out of business. Agreed. Um, we're gonna cut. We're gonna cut it off there, and we're gonna pick it up next time with the second half of our interview with Jim, the conservative skeptic. The Blue Ball Skeptics podcast is not a production of the Oklahoma Skeptic Society, although we wholeheartedly support their efforts. We are unsponsored, unrestrained, unaffiliated, unaccountable, and often uncredible. For more information, please visit www.blueballskeptics.com. The music for today's show was Skeptic by James York, a.k.a. Cheap Shot, a.k.a. Yorkie, a.k.a. Better at Dubstep Wall Bass Chip Funk Than You, and is used here under a Creative Commons license.